1: Is something that happens in life, it happens in sports, and I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively.
0: This is where sports talk gets real. That
1: word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids.
0: And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello, everyone. I am
1: sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and welcome to the shows today from our flagship station Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. Been on the radio in the Kansas City area now for 27 years and our show is now being syndicated around the country. We're in several cities and growing quite rapidly and excited about that to talk to you in a lot of different cities about sports psychology, about mindsets and attitudes. And I've been here at Sports Radio 810 WHB for 17 years, love doing this show every week because we talk about you, we talk about fans, we talk about parents, we talk about athletes, coaches, referees, athletic directors, we talk about all kinds of things in the world of sports. And this past week has been, needless to say, quite an interesting one here in the Kansas City area. The Kansas City Chiefs released one of their star players, Kareem Hunt, after Video surfaced of him hitting and kicking a woman back in February. The Chiefs released him because apparently Hunt lied to the team about what happened. The video became available to TMZ, uh, which wasn't seen before, and it was really disappointing to see a young man act like that. The Chiefs took a stand, released a star player. Why? Well, you don't act like this towards people. Forget that it's a woman, but towards people. And when you're an athlete, you're under the spotlight. When you're a coach, you're under the spotlight. Your behavior is now today with social media, you've got to watch everything you do because your behavior is seen by everyone. Someone is videoing something somewhere. A week ago in the Kansas City area in the Kansas State High School Football Championships, one of the local teams here, St. Thomas Aquinas, won the state championship. And after the game, as they were walking across their field, their coach, Randy Dryling got dumped on with a bucket of ice water by some players. He then turned around, grabbed a player, and apparently verbally yelled and screamed at some players, pointing fingers, and was not happy about it. That video went viral around the country and he's been chastised by many for the way he acted. Coaches, athletes, behaviors. Coaches and athletes today are in the spotlight more than ever. You know, we hear so much about athletes and coaches being role models. We see about their behavior, how they act. Many people have asked me, well, if if Dryling acted like that when they just won the state championship, what happens when they didn't play well? I don't know. Don't know the man, and I'm not going to sit here and talk about him specifically because I don't know him. What happened in that situation I think was wrong. He reacted. What Kareem Hunt did was obviously wrong. But here's the situation. Coaches and athletes are human beings. They're people. They screw up, they make mistakes just like you and I do. But what they do and how they do it is looked upon differently because they are viewed differently than the average person. Because they are in the spotlight, young people look up to them. Coaches are guides, they're, they're instructors, they're psychologists, they're mentors. They're people that teach. And when you teach behavior where you go over the edge that's not good. So from all this, I decided to have a guest today. And I thought there's no one better than this person to come in. It's somebody I've known for 35 years, which makes me old. I'll be 64 in a few weeks. His name is Lane Green. He is the Head Athletic, Head Athletic Director for the Blue Valley School District here in the Kansas City area, in the Overland Park area. I met Lane back in 1983 When I was the sports psychologist for University of Kansas with the men's basketball team, he was one of the student managers. Followed his career throughout the years. He's been an athletic director. He's been a coach. He's been a teacher. Most importantly, though, Lane is a parent. He's a husband and a parent. And I've admired him from afar. We've kept in touch here and there throughout the years. And I decided, you know, I'm going to have to see if he'll come in today. And he's here in studio with me. So, Lane, thanks for getting up and joining me this morning. I appreciate it.
3: Andy, glad to be here. Good to see you, too.
1: You know, these issues are issues that you've got to deal with all the time as an athletic director. You've got to deal with parents. You've got to deal with coaches. You have to deal with athletes. We've known each other, like I said, since 1983, back working with Larry Brown and that was a wild. That was a wild time because that that staff on that basketball team included Bob Hill, went on the coach in the NBA. Yep. Ed Manning, Danny Manning's dad, mm-hmm. R.C. Buford, who's the general manager of the San Antonio Spurs, yep. and another guy named John Calipari, most people have heard of. <laughs> quite an, quite an eclectic group, to say the least, right? Uh, definitely, definitely. Oh, okay, so do we have a problem in sports today, Lane? From your perspective, is there a problem with youth sports, high school sports, with behavior?
3: Well, well, there are problems. There, there's no question about it um someone once said and and i agree a hundred percent that um kids haven't changed um parents have changed in many ways coaches have changed um but uh we do have a problem in youth sports with um um You know, youth, high school, middle school, sports, uh, sometimes there are behavior issues that we definitely have to deal with, whether it be with a coach or with a parent or an athlete. Um, I'd say overall, though, that there is, at least at the high school level and in the Blue Valley School District, a tremendous emphasis on character-driven coaching, um, instilling character. And and those qualities are going to help kids be successful in life. Uh, there's a real emphasis on those things, probably more so than back when I was playing sports in high school and and, and you and were playing sports in high school. So um, yeah, there are problems, but um, I really do think that um, um, uh, we work very hard in our district to address problems when they do arise.
1: Okay, when you have a situation, I'm not going to pick on the St. Thomas football coach but his behavior was seen by everybody when you have somebody that does something like that you're going to get some complaints about it as an athletic director what do you do well when you have when you have a coach who acts out yeah
3: Uh, andy there is no question that a coach should never a coach or an educator should never under any circumstances put their hands on a player or a young person in anger There's just absolutely no excuse for it. Um, And uh, that's something, if it happened in our school district, which it hasn't happened, to my knowledge, in the five years I've been in Blue Valley. But if it did happen, we would take it very, very seriously. And and it would become a serious HR type of issue. Um, I will tell you that um, if we received... um, If we received uh, concerns from parents about something like that, uh, we're not going to talk about a personnel issue in those types of situations. We just assure the parents that we're dealing with it. And I think the parents in Blue Valley have a lot of confidence in in the district administration's and the building administration's ability to deal with such issues when they do arise. We're going to go to our
1: first break here in a moment, but you mentioned earlier kids haven't changed, but parents have. A couple weeks ago, I gave a speech to about 100 middle and high school coaches, and I asked them, what's the main issue you have to deal with? And the majority of them said parents. So we're going to address this when we come back from our first break here. I want to deal with this with you. My guest today is Lane Green, Athletic Director for the Blue Valley School District in the Kansas City area. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
0: This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
1: Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City, I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And my guest today in studio with me is Lane Green. He is the athletic director for the Blue Valley School District in Overland Park, Kansas. And we're talking about behavior. In light of the things that have gone on recently here in Kansas City, the Chiefs just released their star running back, Kareem Hunt when video surfaced of him being abusive with a woman in a hotel. But the Chiefs didn't release him as much because of that, but because he apparently lied to the team about what happened since this video has come up. And a week ago in the Kansas State football championships, a local school named St. Thomas Aquinas won, I believe it was the 5A championship. After the victory, video has has come out of the head coach Randy Dreiling and this, as the team walked across the field getting dumped with an ice bath, getting furious, turning around and grabbing a player, and then pointing and screaming at players. Now, this behavior to me is inexcusable. If you just want a state championship and you do that, what happens when you're ticked off? Coaches' behavior is something, athlete's behavior is something that we need to look at, and parent's behavior is something we need to look at. And if you listen to this show, you know it's something I talk about all the time. Joining me in studio today, Lane Green, someone I've known for 35 years, and he's seen it all. So, Lane, you said earlier, kids haven't changed, but parents have. How have parents changed and what's different? And share with us maybe a situation, a, a, a scenario where you've had to deal with a parent who's been a little bit at, over the edge or out of control.
3: Uh Andy, I've had a couple situations. I, I want to make it very clear. I think parents overall, at least in the Blue Valley School District and Olathe and Shine Mission, where I previously worked, are great. Uh, they're engaged in their kids' lives. They, they, they love their kids and want what's best for their kids. And that hadn't changed. Uh, that's one thing It definitely hadn't changed. What we've seen, though, is a little bit more involvement by parents in their kids' sports careers, almost playing the role of sports agent at times. And, and I think that's what's changed more than anything. It's just the, the, the hands on, uh, you know, following it used to be when I, when I played high school basketball, my dad would occasionally miss a game. I mean, you know, he had to, cause he worked that type of thing. And, and I, you know, I just think parents, uh, overall out of love for their kids, sometimes push the envelope a little too far. And and are uh, just too involved in their kids, um, you know, activities and in their athletics and stuff like that, the high school level.
1: So types. when you have a parent who gets overly involved, and I know exactly what you're talking about here, there's an issue that you have to deal with as an athletic director. How do you handle it? What's the philosophy? What's the, the way it goes? It, it goes about being. Well, resolved?
3: one thing we try to do is nip it in the bud, so to speak and we have actually guidelines for communication with coaches in our school district and we always encourage parents to first have the student athlete address any any problems or issues they may have with the coach because that's part of the learning experience that's part of the growing experience being involved in education-based athletics and activities and then if if for some reason the problem doesn't get resolved as a result of that then we encourage the parents to give the coach a call and to talk about it. Uh, we'd much rather have them talk about it than,
1: than an email exchange. Do you, have you any, do you have any coaches that won't talk to parents during the season? Because I know of coaches who say, I'm not talking to parents during the season. The athlete has to do with me. The parents are off limits.
3: If I hear of a coach that won't talk to parents during the season, then, then more than likely the building AD is going to have a conversation with that coach. Have you heard of because that before? Because that is an expectation. Earlier on in my career as an athletic director, I have not heard of that since I've been in the Blue Valley District. Because the Blue Valley District, it's pretty clear with all of our educators, and coaches are part of that staff of educators that we have in our district, that they are to engage parents and talk to them when a parent um, has a concern of some sort. However, in the athletic arena, we definitely have guidelines. We want the kids to try to handle it first. Now, if that doesn't work, if there's no satisfaction from that, then the parents can get involved with the coach, and then it works its way up the lap. And then it may end up with you. Yeah, it could and end it, up with my And I think
1: that's a great way to handle it, and I think, yeah. that, I think that's the, the best way to handle it. And it all comes back to this whole thing, and, and Lane, I mentioned this earlier, To me, a good coach checks his or her ego at the door. Absolutely. It's not about them. It's about the team. And when it becomes too much about the coach, what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it becomes too much about the coach,
3: you know, uh, I think the number one mission of a coach is to teach character through sport. That, that's a huge emphasis in our school district. Going back to our previous superintendent, Tom Trigg, we were really bought in at that time to the Champions of Character program through the NAIA. And we really believe that, that there's so much that can be learned through sports. And, and, and you know, the, the, Rich Bichard, who's a good friend of mine, we were talking about him earlier, his brother Ray is the volleyball coach at KU, and he's the district AD in Lee Summit. He always says that sports in and of themselves don't teach character. Character-driven coaches intentionally teach character through sport. And, and uh, those are the type of coaches that we're looking for. Those are the type of coaches that we wanna have. And our job is when a coach gets out of line from that is to work with them to bring them back in the line. Our athletic directors in our buildings do a great job of coaching the coaches so the coaches can coach the kids and
1: and that's our role what's the number one complaint you hear from coaches or parents as an athletic director well i i think
3: you know for parents every parent wants to see their kid succeed through sport and 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 i think also every parent wants their kid to grow through sport but probably the number one complaint will come if a kid gets cut from the team and the parent just has questions about why did this happen um And it happens in cheerleading and dance team and other competitive activities such as that. Um, And I also think that um, playing time issues sometimes are, are a concern that we get. Occasionally, we'll have a parent call with a concern about a coach and maybe an interaction that he had with their kid. Sometimes it's just a misunderstanding. And, and the coach, in calling the parent and talking with the parent, can, can resolve it like that. Yeah, to but.
1: me, you know, I, I, w- I had a conversation with a client the other day who's a high school athlete. And I said, really, to, to me, the key for you, there are three things I think you got to focus on when you're dealing with your coach. Because she was having an issue with her volleyball coach. Honesty, trust, and communication. Mm-hmm. I said, you need to be honest and trust. And this is before the Kareem Hunt thing came out. Yeah. I said, you need to be open and honest and, and, and truthful and you need to communicate. Because she was having a serious issue with the coach in terms of how she was being treated. And I think that's what it comes down to, and it sounds like that's the thing you emphasize here in in the Blue Valley School District. Absolutely.
3: and And, um, you know, if a coach struggles in the area of communication and working with athletes, we, we work with those coaches to, you know, improve in that area, and we give them strategies for improvement and how they can do it. And sometimes we'll mentor them, set up a mentoring system
1: for the other coaches well i think that's one of the reasons you're successful at what you do my guest today is lane green the athletic director for the blue valley school district in overland park kansas i'm sports psychologist dr andrew Jacobs. we're talking about sports about parents about coaches about behavior and if you'd like to give us a call if you have a son or daughter playing sports you've got a question about a coach who's coaching them how they're being treated their
0: communication give us a call
1: i'm sports psychologist dr andrew Jacobs. this is the sports psychology hour
0: this is the sports psychology hour is the sports psychology hour
1: hello everybody i am sports psychologist dr andrew jacobs this is the sports psychology hour from our flagship station sports radio 810 whb in kansas city and today i have a guest with me in studio his name is lane green he's the athletic director for the blue valley school district in overland park kansas i've known lane for 35 years met him when i was the ku sports psychologist back in the early 80s and we were uh, talking during our commercial break about some of those times back then when uh, we both got to do with larry brown who was the head coach of the KU basketball team, it was a lot of fun back then. We, that was that was a, a fun team, wasn't it?
3: No, oh, it was a fun team. Well, what's really fun about it is that was the year that got the current just era of Kansas basketball going, and it was pretty exciting, no question.
1: Yeah, it was. That was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun players on that team, and of course, getting to know John Calipari, R.C. Buford, Larry Brown, Ed Manning, that Bob Hill. That that was a great group of coaches, and obviously. A, a tremendous amount of knowledge that I know you and I picked up a lot of stuff. Oh, from. definitely, definitely. You know, this whole issue we're talking about today, Lane, of, of parents and kids, you're, you you, as the head athletic director for the Blue Valley School District, you've got how many, how many kids in the district who play sports?
3: Uh, we have about, uh, we have 22,000 students in the Blue Valley School District. We have sports for eighth, well, really through sixth through uh, 12th grade, but it's limited for sixth and seventh graders. But we probably have somewhere in the neighborhood of about half of those students, or over half, 60 percent, 60 percent of the 22,000 play sports at one point during their high school career. But about 80 to 90 percent of our students are involved in school-based educational activities and athletics as well, you know, the band, choir, all those other great things that go on in our schools.
1: You know, one of the, and, and we got a, a Twitter message here. I'm going to go to in a mes- in a moment from a listener, and, and I'd like to encourage you. If you have a question for Lane or myself, our phone number is nine one three three eight ten eight ten. If you're a parent, you have a son or daughter who plays sports, you're wondering about the coach they play for. You've got issues with the coach. Your son or daughter may have issues. You've got you've got questions about how they're treated, how much playing time they have, whatever. Here's the expert. I mean, this this man. Lane has worked in, in athletics for, for years and understands it, so great opportunity for you to call 913 3810 If you're a coach and you've got questions about dealing with parents, here's one you probably wouldn't think about, but if you're a coach you've got questions about how to deal with a certain parent, I mean, here's the man, Lane Green, head athletic director for a school district, so great opportunity to call in at 913 uh, 3810 This question I got, Lane, on Twitter, basically it's about, Sports, problems with violence and attitudes. And this this person says he's a huge soccer and football fan, but he feels there's been an increase in in some of the violence, especially in the MLS with with some of this behavior. And should professional leagues adopt some kind of a a rule about that? Do you think? I I don't see that. I think there's a lot of of guidelines about behavior in the NFL and, and the MLS and things like that. He's obviously saying that he thinks kids are modeling sometimes when players maybe, maybe go over the edge. I don't really see that going on that much. What do you think? Well, I, you know, I think uh, a lot
3: of our professional sports leagues are trying to um, crack down on behavior type of issues. I, I will say, though, that I think sometimes there is a little bit of a trickle-down effect if there's a problem at the professional level or the collegiate level. It can trickle down to the uh, high school, middle school, and youth sports leagues. Uh, just uh, probably about 10 years ago, there was a study done, and for the life of me, I can't remember what college it came out of, but it was a, the study was called 101 Days of Sports Center, where they they, they literally or logged every single... Thing that was said on Sports Center over 101 days. And, and they, they, all the positive things that were said about sport, all the negative things, the negative behaviors that were uh, shown on Sports Center versus positive behaviors and behaviors of good sportsmanship and that type of thing. And unfortunately, the negative behaviors far outweighed. The positive behaviors in that study.
1: And um, well, you know, there is a trickle-down fact. Research says it takes 12 positives to overcome one negative. And we, we are so negative in what we see. If you turn on the evening news, what do you see? Negativity, negativity, yeah. negativity.
3: Yeah.
1: So let me ask this question. The situation here in Kansas City with Kareem Hunt being cut by the Chiefs, which to me, I, I think that was a very, very strong statement that the Kansas City Chiefs made the other day. Mm-hmm. Basically, that he lied to them about what he did. And this this is a star of the team. This isn't just, you know, a guy on the taxi squad who, who doesn't get to play. This is one of the stars of the team. And so the fact that they released him because he lied to them. What's that saying to you when it trickles down to the high school level about behavior, about honesty, about working together with people?
3: Well, I, I was happy to see the Chiefs take the stand that they took with Kareem Hunt, given the video evidence that came out just this week. Um, of course, it was very discouraging. It was very disappointing, um, but but I was happy to see that the Ch- Chiefs took that stand. Um, and and I don't know about in terms of of how it relates to high school sports, but I think the the. The message I would have for all high school athletes is that you represent something bigger than yourself when you're a high school athlete, as Kareem Hunt represented the city of Kansas City and the Kansas City Chiefs. And what he did was unconscionable. Uh, but, but at the high school level, a lot of times, it can be everything from underage drinking to uh, just your general behavior, the amount of respect you, you show adults. When you're out in public uh, the way you carry yourself those types of things and and i think it's important for for all high school athletes and those involved in high school educational activities as well uh to understand that they represent something bigger than themselves they represent their school they represent their their community they represent their team their coach so it's so much greater than just themselves And I think it's just absolutely critical uh, for athletes to understand that. That's one of the biggest lessons that we try to uh, impart uh, upon our athletes uh,
1: in the Blue Valley School District. Last week on our show, I talked about kids dropping out of sports, and there's a tremendous number of kids who quit sports by the age of thirteen. Seventy percent of kids who play sports quit by age thirteen. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Some is sports specialization starts to happen. Kids just start yep. to play one sport and quit others. Um, but a lot of kids are quitting because they're burned out. They've lost interest. Um, I, I I know at the high school level, teams are full. You don't have teams that are needing, in, at least in your district, teams that need players. Should we cut kids from teams? Is that is that a fair thing? Now, granted, you've got a basketball team. There are five kids on the court. Um, you can't have 25 kids on the bench. But... With sports where, say, cross-country or something like that, is it really fair to cut kids? Do you, do you think that's the right thing to do, or should we, get, should we try to make it available for all kids to be able to compete? Well,
3: I, I, I do believe we should try to make sports available for all kids to compete. And, and the, the good thing is, is we have so many no-cut sports at the high school level. We do not cut at the middle school level. We have some middle schools that have seven eighth-grade basketball teams, and we keep
1: them all. If you want to play, you play. and, and I, I, want to I, just, I, I think that's awesome because I, yeah, I, every, most kids aren't going to be playing, obviously, basketball past the high school
3: level. Exactly. And, and here's the deal. If a kid gets cut when they're in eighth grade from the basketball team at the middle school, where are the odds they're going to go out in ninth grade? This kid may be a late bloomer. They can end up being a great player someday. Or maybe they'd be able to just play someday, but they're not going to go out again because they don't want to face that rejection a second time. And I have so much respect for kids who do get cut and come back and give it another shot. Uh, but unfortunately, the realities of high school sports sometimes, like you mentioned the basketball example, uh, require cuts to be made. I will say that uh, the, say this, though, is that— um, we have virtually every sports season no cut sports that kids can participate in. Now, it may not be their first love as a sport, but but they can participate in it. And, and then also, I'll say a lot of our Blue Valley Parks and Recreation is a great high school basketball league, for instance, that kids can participate in. But um, sometimes the realities, uh, Lauren Lawrence, who's the, uh, does a Fabulous job coaching the Shine Machines girls basketball program. It had seventy girls go out this year for basketball. Part of the problem is she would have loved to have kept them all, I'm sure, uh, because she runs such a positive program. So many kids want to be a part of it. But the problem is, is that um, other schools don't have all those teams. So who would you play? I think that's one of the challenges. But. Yeah, cuts are uh, part of sport. It's part of life. Sometimes we all face rejection, but luckily there's
1: plenty of alternatives for kids. We come back from our last commercial break here. I want to address this issue. Money in sports and kids getting started at such young ages. We're seeing leagues now for four-year-olds. There's a soccer company in the Kansas City area that has kids playing soccer at two. Uh, (laughs) I want to get your perspective on that as someone who's been in the world of sports for years and, and, and gets that, but... I want to find out from, from you your your perspective on, on how money has played a role and, and, and how young we should really get kids started in sports. So I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. My guest today is Lane Green, the athletic director for the Blue Valley School District in Overland Park, Kansas. And we'd like to hear from you if you have a question or comment for us. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology
0: Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello,
1: everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour here on Sports Radio 810 WHBR, flagship station in Kansas City. Joining me today is Lane Green, who is the athletic director for the Blue Valley School District in Overland Park, Kansas. We've been having a really interesting conversation about you know what he does as an athletic director dealing with parents and coaches and kids. And So let, let, let me ask this question, Lane. Okay. Are we starting kids too early in sports, are we putting them in organized activities too early? I I have talked about this on this show forever, that I think we're taking play out of sports for kids. Mm-hmm. Everything's structured, everything's organized. In In suburban areas, maybe not as much in rural areas, but in suburban areas, you rarely drive by an elementary school or a park anymore and see a bunch of kids out there just playing. hmm What you typically see are parents' structured activities. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's
3: a shame. Um, there's a gentleman I know, and I know you're, you're familiar with, uh, Bill Severns who wrote a book, Keepers of the Sandlot. The Sandlot basically does not exist anymore. Uh, what happened to a bunch of kids getting together and just going down to the field and playing baseball? I mean, it just doesn't happen hardly anymore. Um, you know pick up basketball doesn't happen like it used to anymore Uh, kids don't have the opportunity to play and when they have an opportunity to play they can be creative those types of things and i'm not talking about playing a sport i'm just about play period and and that type of thing now kids don't get together with a friend parents organize a play date for their friends you know kids friends that type of thing and, and it's really a shame, you know, to, to, to just allow kids a chance to play. That sandlot really doesn't exist anymore. It's really a shame. So what do we do to change that? What, what is your perspective? Well, I, I think it's up to us as, as parents and youth coaches to do our best to maintain that sandlot environment. You know, sports should be a joyful thing. It should be a joyful thing. And, and there's nothing worse. You mentioned, Andy, kids um, giving up the sport voluntarily by the age of 13 on average. That's a shame. And, and one thing we always want our coaches to understand, never be the reason a kid voluntarily gives up a sport. Well, I and, think
1: that's a great, great way to handle it. But, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of situations around where uh, it isn't No going question. On. If you want to get a hold of us, our number is 913 913- Three eight ten eight ten. Ask Lane a question. He's got a wealth of experience here. If you if you're a parent, your son or daughter's playing sports or playing, uh, you've had issues with what's going on for them. If you've had an issue with a coach, if you're a coach, you've got issues with parents. I mean, that's probably a, a good question. If you're a coach, here's here's the man who can answer that for you. Our number is nine one three three eight ten eight ten. You know, one of the things I think, as I said earlier, that's important. Is, is is having a structure, having a plan, and, and you're doing that as an athletic director. So much of it's based on the communication you've set up with your coaches, and, you know, we start off talking about behavior, the situation that happened with Kareem Hunt here in Kansas City, the situation with the St. Thomas Aquinas, a football coach who grabbed a player after they, he got dumped on with an ice bath afterwards. Um, behavior, it's being, you know, everybody's behavior is seen, whether it's on social media or it's all over the place. So... What's the best way for you to deal with coaches then who maybe get a little bit too caught up with this stuff? Well, if we have a coach that gets out of line in
3: any way, shape, or form, it can be something major, it can be something minor, is we really handle it in a lot the same way we would a classroom teacher. We usually put the coach on some type of plan of assistance and and help that coach work through their, their challenges.
1: Let's go to the phones. We've got a couple of callers online. Let's go first to Michelle, and then we'll go to Andy. Michelle, how are you today? Good morning.
4: Hey, good morning. I'm, I'm well. Thank you. Um, I'm delighted um, that you have the uh, athletic director on. Well, thank you. Um, I have a couple questions for you uh, regarding pets. I have two boys in the Blue Valley School District. Both are in high school, a senior and a, a freshman. Uh, I guess my first question is, uh, my freshman... Um, he's a basketball player, and he's, he's six foot. He's not what I would call the best player, but he loves the sport. And it really broke my heart this year that he would not try out because he said, Mom, last year in middle school, I did the math. Um, I was on B team. There's no way I'm going to make it, which was really heartbreaking to me, um, given that, how much he loves the sport. The second I guess question um is my my senior he was injured his um freshman and sophomore year and um he's a soccer player work his tail off and he did make varsity uh this year however he was under a lot of pressure um because he felt like um Freshman would make it over him, and I thought, wow, that's tragic for a high schooler, uh, especially a senior, that he feels concerned that a an incoming freshman could knock him off um, the soccer team. So, just want to get your thoughts on on cuts.
1: Okay, good question. Go ahead, Lane.
3: Yeah, I, 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 Michelle, thank you for calling in. The the. Unfortunately, just because of the numbers game, cuts are an unfortunate reality at a large 6A or 5A high school um, in the state of Kansas and really across the country in sport, team sports, especially like the pure team sports like basketball and soccer and stuff like that. And yes, sometimes you do get freshmen who come in who are just beyond their age in terms of talent and ability. And stuff like that and it's always a challenge for varsity coaches because their mission is to try to win but at the same time they really want to develop those character traits and do all the positive things but i would say for the younger son especially if they just love the sport there are plenty of outlets for playing the sport and uh, my son uh, plays in the great american basketball high school league and he just has a blast with it so that would be my recommendation. But, yeah, it's, it's sad to see kids that, that want to do something in high school not be able to do it.
1: Yeah, Michelle, it's a problem for a lot of kids, and it's a numbers game. And, of course, how many coaches are available to coach, too? But as Lane said, there are rec leagues out there that they could play in that could help them out. Listen, thank you so much for calling. good luck with both your sons. Appreciate it. Let's go next to Andy. Andy, we've got about a minute here for you. Go ahead.
2: Morning. How are you, Dr. Jacobs? I'm great. Uh, I kind of came in the tail end of, of the conversation uh, with the Kareem Hunt situation and the, uh, the standards that we want to hold our athletes. I'm I mean, just a formally uh, or just retired athletic director. I still coach and teach part-time in Southwest Missouri. We've spoken a couple of times and actually did my uh, student teaching at the Old Blue Valley, 1981, so a long, long time ago. But, uh, you know, I, and again, I didn't hear the first part of the conversation. Um, I just kind of hooked in at the end, but, um
1: we've got about 30 seconds for you we have
2: to tell our high school athletes you know give them um all that they need you know to to stay grounded but i also think at times uh the community in general enables them and i think that spreads into the college uh ranks as well as the professional i'm not you know condoning what happened but sometimes we you know the the adults don't hold the kids to those standards when when uh when they're the stars of the team. So. No,
1: good point, Andy. Listen, thanks. we got to let you go. We're running out of time. But thanks for calling, as always. Appreciate it. Lane, thank you for coming in today. Lane Green, Athletic Director of Blue Valley School District. If people want to get a hold of you. How can they reach you?
3: Uh, they can reach me at lgreen at
1: bluevalleyk12.org. I want to thank you so much, my friend, for being here. Great comments this morning. Andy, I, I enjoyed it. I get up on this. Thank you. If you, you want to listen to the show, it's podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Also podcast on my website, winnersunlimited.com. You can send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at drjsportpsych, at drjsportpsych, DRJ, reach me at my office, 816 561 I am sports psychologist
0: Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com.